Hello, I'm Julian Morrow. Welcome to The Roundtable. After the death of Queen Elizabeth II on the 8th of September 2022, we thought we'd devote the roundtable today to hearing a variety of people who met the Queen in person in a variety of roles, including, later on, the incomparable Bob Down, stage name of Mark Trevorrow, who met the Queen after uh, his spectacular rendition of Helen Reddy's I Will Survive at a Royal Variety performance in 1995. So we'll hear all about that later on. But to kick off our right royal round robin of recollections of Queen Elizabeth II. Firstly, today we welcome Stephen Brady AO, who was the official secretary for the Governor-General, uh, Dame Quentin Bryce, from 28, 2008 until 2013, I think, and then he served uh, briefly with Sir Peter Cosgrove before being appointed Australia's ambassador to France. Stephen Brady, welcome to the Roundtable. Good morning, Julian. Thank you very much for the invitation to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure. As the official secretary to a Governor-General, uh, I mean, were you on the phone all the time to Her Majesty? <laughs> Not at all. But I did have um, the pleasure of being responsible for overseeing her stay at Government House in Canberra on what was to be her last visit to Australia in 2011. And I can only imagine that that was a very uh, heavy responsibility. Uh, what was it like when you first met the Queen? Could you tell us about that? Well, I'd met her um, several times before then. In fact, in 1992, I was the uh, Australian official that was tasked with uh, taking the Queen back from Australia to London on uh, uh, the chartered Qantas uh, flight. And what I actually saw from 1992 to 2011, the Queen progressively relaxed and became slightly more informal. I recall on that uh, flight uh, going to London, that um, we were invited into the first-class compartment of the plane had been uh, transformed into her own personal suite. Nothing fancy, but there was a bed and uh, uh, seats. And when invited to go in and have a coffee or a drink, all the ladies-in-waiting to the Queen curtsied at 30,000 feet. There was, uh, there was a formality mm. that never left by... 2011, where I think she had sort of transformed into this very comfortable role of grandmother to the nation and had uh, in some ways softened. Her stay in 2011 reflected that, that she was very comfortable uh, at Government House. She was staying in what we call the Queen's Suite for obvious reasons, but she had stayed there since 1954. And the furniture and everything in these in this uh, suite, it was two bedrooms and a living dining room, would have been familiar to almost any Australian. Really? The only concession that we'd made prior to her um, uh, stay in 2011 was to buy a couple of large uh, television sets. <laughs> Fair but enough, too, other, for the Queen. Yeah, but, other, but otherwise, Julian, it, it was um, a very recognisable uh to her, and she was very comfortable there. That's really interesting. Um, Steve, we're speaking with Stephen Brady, uh, former official secretary to the Governor-General. Stephen, the Queen may have become uh, a little less formal, but I'm sure when you had to sort of uh, help her through the, her last tour in 2011, there were all sorts of formalities that you had to attend to. Can you tell us about that? But one of the things that uh, is remarkable was the consistency. I never 
found in the various um, audiences I had with her or times that I was responsible for her visits, I never found her performative. Mm. You know, we've become very used to our politicians here and, um, uh, of course, in the UK, largely being performative, uh, where they would go and put on their high-vis jackets and pretend to drive the truck or fly (laughs) the plane or distribute the food. It's all um, borders on the slightly manipulative. There's none of that with the Queen. Mm. One of the words that I in the last few days that hasn't been used about her, is I always felt that there was a stillness to her. And that stillness was she was completely comfortable in her own skin. And therefore, there was very little real difference in her public self and her private self. She was a kind human being. That's what um, struck me most uh, on each occasion, but certainly by 2011. Fantastic. Stephen Brady, thank you so much for speaking with us on the roundtable today and for giving us your your very personal memories of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Thank you very much. On the roundtable today, we're doing a right royal round robin of people who've met with the Queen in various different capacities. We heard there from someone who was the official secretary to a a vice regal officer. We're now uh, going to meet a vice regal officer himself. Our next guest is the former governor of South Australia, the Honourable Hugh Van Lay. Hugh was the 35th governor of South Australia, serving in that role from September 2014 until August 2021. Uh, Hugh was the first Vietnamese-born person to be appointed to a vice regal position anywhere in the world. Hugh Van Lay, welcome to the roundtable. Oh, thank you, Julian. Uh, it's a great uh, honour to, um, to have this uh, roundtable and then speak with you and the audience. Yes, thank indeed. You. Well, could, could you tell us a little bit, Hugh, about the personal dealings that you had with the Queen uh, as her representative in the state of uh, South Australia? Well, uh, in October 2016, I had the, uh, the great fortune to have an audience with Her Majesty at the Buckingham Palace. Mm. Um, my wife and I were invited to the small room before meeting with her and been briefed by the equerry and the lady-in-waiting of all the protocols and, you know, what to expect and, and all kind of information, which is within 15 minutes or so, this is build up a lot of information to absorb. Yes. So we, we felt uh, quite, compre- uh, you know, apprehensive of, of what to expect. But when um, we, we walked in and um, started a conversation and shaking hand with Her Majesty, I must say that we completely felt very much at home. Mm. Very, the warmth that she instilled on you, the, the warmth and the welcoming and the mannerism that she showed to you. It's like just, um, I completely felt um, being in, in, in my own home. You know, you feel very much you you meeting and talking with one of your relatives. Yes, indeed. And the conversation, of course, I, I can't um, go into the details. Of course not. She, she knew so much about us. She read a lot of the backgrounds and, and she also sharing her experience because this, uh, in 2016, I was only in the role uh, as the governor of South Australia only one and a half years. Yes. So there's still a lot of things to learn and she, 
she uh, genuinely and openly and frankly sharing with with you how to deal with all these sort of uh, demands. Indeed, and, you know, <laughs> on and the roundtable. So, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. On, on the roundtable, yeah. we are speaking with the Honourable uh, Hugh Van Lee, uh, former Governor of South Australia, and we heard there about meeting uh, the Queen at Buckingham Palace back in, in 2016. Hugh, and quite rightly, of course, uh, you don't didn't disclose the details of the conversation, but I think there is one conversation that we can disclose the details of because you were also uh, on the Queen's first ever video call to Australia with former Premier Stephen Marshall during COVID. And I believe, and I hope this isn't breaking protocol, Hugh, but I believe that we have some audio of that. So we might just play that now. Your Majesty, um, a few years ago, we had a discussion with a number of people here who uh, wanted to gift uh, a statue to the government house. Ever since we installed the statue, it has been the most popular place for people to take photographs, ma'am. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. They feel very close to you through this um, standing in front of the statue. Yes, I would think possibly it might be quite alarming <laughs> to suddenly see it out of the window. <laughs> <laughs> so that gracious that she arrived here yeah, unexpectedly. <laughs> There we hear a nice gentle sense of the Queen's sense of humour, which of course was magnificently on display at the Olympics and uh, uh, in her tea with uh, Paddington Bear before. Hugh, um, what was it like being on the uh, the first ever video call with the Queen? Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's come out very surprisingly um, uh, pleasant and uh, because the, the, the context of that meeting was this, after the long period of COVID with all this nervousness, we didn't know what to expect, all the, you know, the lockout, isolations. And following that, South Australia, unfortunately, had a huge bushfire, uh, with very devastating to a number of areas in, in our state, in York Peninsula, in Kangaroo Island, in Adelaide Hills. And the, 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 the whole state filled, you know, all, all sort of disasters as can happen to us at, at once. And then here come the phone call, uh, the telephone, uh, the video call, which she's so cheerful and so positive about things. Mm. But keep in mind that at that very time, that very moment, her husband was just only uh, uh, discharged from the hospital um, after yes. staying there for a few days. So we we are we're so um, uh, grateful. Uh, for the call and and um, so privileged that we were the first one in in Australia ever to receive the video call from Her Majesty, oh, well, and that... it was it was a wonderful uh, occasion. We treasure that so much. I, I bet, and I hope that when one is on a video call Zoom with the Queen, that the connections at the beginning all work and everyone wasn't muted and all those things that trouble all the rest of us. Uh, the Honourable Hugh Van Lay, thank you so much for speaking with us on the roundtable today. Thank you, Julian. Thank oh, you. Thank you. We are sharing reflections of meeting uh, Queen Elizabeth II as uh, not just the UK or or Australia, but in the entire world marks the passing of the now former Queen. Uh, we're now joined by uh, the Shadow Attorney General and Shadow Minister for Indigenous Affairs, uh, Liberal MP Julian Lisa, who is a long-standing monarchist, a monarchist from very um, from the, the time that he was a very young man. Uh, Julian, I can only imagine that uh, the opportunity to meet the Queen must have been a highlight in uh, your then young life. Um, yes, it was, Julian, and it's it's lovely to be with you. You, you and I have known each other for a long time since uh, since those early days <laughs> when I when I first uh, uh, entered sort of public life. Um, 
it was it was very exciting. So as you say, I've been very involved um, in the uh, the campaign to maintain the monarchy in Australia. Uh, in 1999, we had the successful uh, Republic referendum defeat, as it were, um, and uh, I was invited by John Howard to attend a reception at Parliament House when the Queen next visited. I think the following year or the year after that. And um, it was it was very exciting to have been asked. Um, you know, many distinguished Australians, uh, um, as well as politicians and civic leaders, were, were there. Um, and uh, as is the case with the receptions in the Great Hall, there's a bit of milling about at the beginning, uh, and then there's a, there was a bit of fanfare, and uh, uh, you know, John Howard made a speech, and the Queen made a speech, and then people formed two lines. And you don't know when you form up on in those lines uh, whether you'll get to see the Queen or whether it was the Duke of Edinburgh you were going to see. <laughs> right. Very luckily, um, uh, the, the the Queen came down our line, and um, uh, there was myself and a number of people who'd been involved in the Republic referendum on, on my side of that debate. I remember I had Kerry Jones uh, standing on one side, and I had the late Professor of Law Colin Howard standing on the other. And John Howard walked us by and introduced him. And John Howard's um, capacity for remembering people's names and details about them is is really stunning. And mm. uh, he'd mentioned to to the Queen about something I'd said at the Constitutional Convention in in 1998, and uh, uh, introduced her to Colin Howard, and Colin Howard, a great constitutional lawyer, sadly no longer with us. And um, the Queen stopped and said to him, well, I suppose at the end of the day, it really is about the Constitution, isn't it? And we uh, um, said, yes, ma'am, and then she went on to the next person. Um, a couple of things really uh, amazed me about the Queen. Firstly, you know, when you have an image of somebody, particularly somebody you've never met in the flesh, they mm. always seem bigger on television. Yeah. And uh, I was quite surprised how short the Queen was. Um, uh, and... Uh, um, yeah, she she really was quite you know she she was really um, not a very tall lady at all, um, and the second thing that uh, that 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 amazed me of her was just her her personal warmth and her capacity to make small talk with with people and uh, you know and some of the other people you've had on this morning you you've, you've got a real sense of that too. Yeah, the, um, but the, the sense to put who, people at ease seems to be a core skill that uh, no matter how long you've been doing it for it, it, it it's something that some people find very difficult. But obviously the Queen was was very good at it. Absolutely. I'm always amazed, just as an ordinary member of parliament, and you have to stop yourself to remember this, that I'm just an ordinary person, but people think, oh, I'm coming to meet the member, uh, this member of parliament, or I'm going to meet this shadow minister, and they're, they're often a bit nervous. How much more so when you're, meeting, when you're meeting our Queen, somebody, a global figure? And so, you know, she's just got this wonderful way of disarming people, which was really on display. And I think for me that the last few days have been like losing a grandparent because she has been she's sort of the age of uh, my grandparents. She's a living link with that wartime generation and their values. And uh, certainly as I've talked to people, it doesn't matter where they sat on the Republic debate, that's the sort of sentiment people uh, my age keep keep saying to me. Uh, that this is really like a, a death of, in the family, a much beloved um, family member uh, who represented that those values and uh, of that generation that's been so important in shaping not just our country and Britain, but so much of the world. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're speaking with Julian Lees, a Shadow Attorney General and Shadow Minister for Indigenous Affairs. And, and you mentioned the Queen's literally passing reference to constitutional matters. That's something indeed that Australia is is looking at in terms of the voice uh, to Parliament, which is part of your responsibility now, Julian Lees. So the, the Queen did take a special interest in Indigenous issues. Could you talk a little more about that for us? Yes, she did. Um, you know, when she came here, she was uh, always... Um, uh, greeted by uh, Indigenous people and made sure, I think, that there were some Indigenous events on her program and she took an interest in the uh, in the affairs of Indigenous people. And I remember 
there was quite a significant delegation of Indigenous leaders that went to see her um, in 1999, just mm. before the Republic referendum. People like my my colleague and friend on the other side of the house, um, Pat Dodson, Marcia Langton, Peter Yu, um, uh, Gatchel Jakura, who was then the head of ATSIC. And after they'd had this meeting with, with the Queen, they said that they had had a better um, hearing from the Queen than they had ever had from an Australian mm. official, which is really quite extraordinary. Um, it showed a couple of things. Firstly, her, her very great capacity to listen to people and to, to take an interest in them. Uh, and also the great benefit, in, in my view, of having um, someone in our system that is above politics. I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, her interest in Indigenous affairs, often a hotly politically contested issue in our country, um, is uh, what was transcended all of that. And mm. she saw... Um, the human element um, of um, of the issue, and she saw that at the end of the day, we are dealing with with, with people and um, and understand wanted to have an understanding of the the challenges that Indigenous people face, and uh, was quite you know um, had a great deal of empathy and yes. sympathy for for the situation they find themselves in. Yes, indeed, and to hear um, Senator Dodson speaking of that encounter, it was just palpable. What a what a huge difference it made uh, to him. So uh, thank you for telling us about that, yeah. and thanks for speaking with us today. Julian Lisa. Thanks so much, Julian. That's Julian Lisa, Shadow Attorney General and Shadow Minister for Indigenous Affairs, telling us about when he met the Queen back in 2001. And while I'm sure he would have been typically uh, charming and graceful if he was in the line with Prince Philip, it was good to know that he got the, he got the, the 50-50 right and was able to meet the Queen in person. Uh, on the roundtable, we are speaking to people who've spoken to the Queen. And now we are joined by somebody who's not only spoken to the Queen, but performed for her at a Royal Variety performance in 1995. Uh, Bob Down, one of the greats, I mean, royalty in Australian uh, performance and variety history, was able to perform at a Royal Variety performance. Let's have another listen to that. Guest comes from Australia. He still lives, he says, in the 70s. He loves the style, he loves the music. Bob Down. At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. Can you get out of here without him by my side? But then I spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong. Life was strong. I would be in the gladiators, shouldn't I? What I call myself? Stick. Yes, there's Bob Down at the Royal Variety Performance 1995, doing Australia proud with the Helen Reddy uh, classic. And look, it's a diff difficult time uh, for for really everyone uh, in the wake of the Queen's death. I'm also in shock because I've only just discovered that Bob Down is actually the stage name of uh, comedian and performer Mark Trevorrow. Uh, and he joins us now. Mark, welcome to the roundtable. Oh, Julian, don't be shocked. <laughs> too soon, too soon to find out. Too soon, too soon. Well, well, what an amazing day that must have been. It was incredible. Yeah, could you tell us about, I mean, when do you find out that you're actually going to be performing at a Royal oh, Variety? months, months <laughs> before. And the whole thing is like a military exercise. You got, and, and as a comedian, the thing that you hate the most is they want to know every single word <laughs> you're going to say in your routine. And let's face it, we don't even know ourselves. <laughs> So you you weren't able to just terrifying. do a sort of impro type five in front of the, Her Majesty. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so for months it was every word, every gesture. You and, and it's including the, the, the 
briefing for the lineup at the end. You will stand here. You will not speak until spoken to. You will bow. You will call her your majesty or ma'am. Everybody's in the state. That's why everybody's so nervous. Not because they get, not because of the queen, because of all the people around her, not what, you know, doing the production, not wanting you to show them up, you know, it's because the Brits have got a very, very heightened sense of yes. um, class distinction. And, and, you know, as soon as the, as soon as the Royal family's involved, they all turn into quivering jelly. Yeah, I can imagine. And what about you, Mark? Or did Bob get nervous before performing in a in a special way when we knew the Queen? Yeah, I was absolutely terrified. But the thing that I, the one thing that hadn't been rehearsed was Des O'Connor's introduction of me. You heard just the bit at the end. But, yeah. But he ad libbed before that while I was standing behind some pass doors to go in through the theatre with the Queen and knowing that the Queen and Philip were right above me in the royal box. And I heard Des O'Connor say, "Now our next performer, well." He's a little bit weird, said. And I thought, oh, oh no. And then he said, and he's Australian. And you never, you always say, when you're working in the UK, I always used to say to the host of the show, don't say I'm Australian. <laughs> I'll tell them. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah, and then he told a terrible Australian joke in a terrible Australian accent. And then, and then he said, and here's Bob Down, and I went out to a little bit of an icy reception, I have to say. But I won him over. You certainly did, I must say. It's been a great pleasure the last couple of days watching and re-watching your uh, Royal Variety performance. <laughs> I highly recommend it to all Roundtable listeners. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the human body roll is something to the behold. It's, it's well and truly... So what I did was... So- so what happened, Julian, was at the end of it, you have to bow to the audience, then bow to the box and bow back to the audience as yes. you exit. And I bowed at the audience and then I looked at the audience and I adjusted my wig <laughs> and then I bowed to the royal box and bowed back to the, got a big laugh. And as I walked off, I looked up at the box and and, and uh, the Queen and Philip were roaring with laughter. Oh, well, there you go. A royal laugh is exactly what, what you were after. That's and then fantastic. I, and then she spoke to me. And then she well, spoke yeah, because I was going to ask you, uh, Mark, if you perform at a royal variety performance, does it follow that you will meet the Queen? You certainly do. You're all yes. lined up. Yep, absolutely. So there's Cliff. There was Cliff. There was Olivia Newton-John. There was Elaine Page. There was wow. Marvin Hamlish. I mean, it was ridiculous. The lineup was absolutely ridiculous. And um, when I tell the story on stage, I say, and you know, the tears and the tension and the tantrums backstage. And in the end, we said, all right, Cliff, do half an hour. <laughs> we care. Yeah. Anyway, so she came. So she came along, and she and she took my hand, and she said, "Are you working here or there?" Which was, I know, she says that to her. It's a very, she's very clever at open-ended questions. Mm. Very clever at, 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 you know. So what that, and and so I was able to say, "Oh well, I work, you know, quite a lot in Australia, and I'm and I'm based in London." And and um, but it, when I tell the story on stage, I uh, say that she asked if she could see a valid work permit. <laughs> <laughs> And it was an interesting time to be meeting the Queen because it had been... Well, yeah, do you know what was interesting? Let me tell you, the night that we taped the show, because it hasn't been live on television for decades, right, so it was recorded. Mm. It was recorded in, I think, September or October before it went to air much later in the year. But it was the night that Diana's interview with Martin Bashir went out on the BBC. Oh, right, wow, yeah. And so the atmosphere was electric and the audience, when she appeared at the beginning of the show, the audience went crazy showing her their loyalty and support. It was a, quite an amazing night. Yes, indeed. We're speaking with Mark Trevorrow, who in the guise of Bob Down performed for the Queen at a Royal Variety performance uh, back in, was it 1995, Mark? 95, yeah. Wow, yeah. yes. Um, and look, I know 
know I know that Bob is a stickler for for protocol and wouldn't d- mm. divulge details that were you know f- kept between um, His Majesty and Her Majesty. But is there anything you could tell us about when you actually met the the Queen or the chit chat that went yeah. on or what your abiding impressions of her were? Well, first of all, she had the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen on a human being because you know she was right into the homeopathics and all that mm. the alternative therapies and her eyes were like they were unbelievably sparkling and healthy and they they were violet blue like um liz taylor mm. they were actually violet blue eyes she had this beautiful beaded gown on and there's the rocks that were on her head and around her neck were <laughs> truly dazzling giant sapphires and diamonds and this incredible tiara and because there was all flash photography happening and lights backstage it was like she was like a, a, a human disco ball where real di- diamonds of that size have this unbelievable radiance. And the other thing that was interesting, her handshake was really weird. She sort of placed her hand on your and sort of put her the weight of her hand on your hand. That was obviously a technique because of uh, having a sore. And her hand was bandaged underneath oh. the glove. There you go. It was like it was like a dead satin, you know, a dead trout wrapped in satin. <laughs> I ruined my bloody punchline. <laughs> it's too early in the morning. Julie. I know, I know. It's it's hard, but look, uh, thank you so much for uh, sharing those reflections, Bob. And, and uh, as I say, it really is worth checking out the performance of Bob down at the Royal Variety. Well, she, the warmth, the warmth, and the humour was what came across yes. from her. It was divine. Yeah, and she really she made such a great mark of that uh, in years to come as well. Uh, Mark Trevorrow, yeah. thanks so much for speaking with us thanks, on the roundtable today. Yes, we've been speaking with uh, a range of people who in a variety of ways, but none more literally than Mark Trevorrow at the Royal Variety Performance had met uh, the Queen. And of course, uh, some people, I could tell from the text line that not everyone is still into the morning period. Some people are not so into talking about uh, the Queen now, but uh, I think there is a general mood at the moment of wanting to to find out more and to perhaps, uh, you know, indulge a little in the nostalgia of the Queen and the Queen's visits to Australia in particular. And if you want to do that, you could do much worse than heading to the National Film and Sound Archive website, nfsa.gov.au, which has a Queen in Australia collection posted at the moment. It includes, uh, there's lots of great footage there. I was checking it out last night. It includes a documentary from the first visit of the reigning monarch, the first time a reigning monarch had come to Australia in 1954. It's actually the first colour feature that was ever made in Australia, apparently. Let's have a, uh, a little taste of that. The Southern Cross has vanished in the dawn. Over the city of Sydney, the brilliance of a summer's day has broken. It is the 3rd of February, 1954. A day of high summer and of high history for Australia. There'll be no work done today in Sydney. A million of us are on the move, swarming into the streets like bees in the sun. A city and a continent are waiting. For a queen is coming. A queen we have never seen. Yes, it's a great feature uh, available. You can stream it for free on the National Film and Sound Archive. And I'm very pleased to say that Gail Lake, Chief Curator of the National Film and Sound Archive of Australia, joins us now on the roundtable. Welcome, Gail. Thank you for having me. How are your servers going, Gail? Is there a bit of a spike? <clears throat> oh, there's a, there, I, I think it's fair to say there's a bit of action happening. <laughs> yes, and it's a really great collection. What, what, what sort of things are in the Queen in Australia collection? 
Look, I mean, the archive, um, you know, is custodian of, you know, as we know, the National Audiovisual Heritage. So, um, you know, we collect, we have collected over, over, you know, the past, um, the past decades, an amazing amount of material, um, and particularly in response to, you know, visits to Australia. Um, mm by Queen Elizabeth and indeed the Duke of Edinburgh uh, and indeed the royal family. I mean, the first um, the first um, uh, collection, uh, the first material that we've actually, that we have in the collection dates back to 1927, which is newsreel footage of the Duke of York right. um, actually coming to Australia. And we're going to have to leave it there, unfortunately, because it's coming up to news time on RN. But thanks very much to you, Gail Lake, Chief Curator at the National Film and Sound Archive. And thanks to all our guests on the roundtable today for sharing their personal recollections of meeting Queen Elizabeth, including, of course, former South Australian Governor Hugh Van Lay, the now Shadow Attorney General Julian Lisa, who met the Queen as a young monarchist, and also Stephen Brady, former Official Secretary to Governor General Quentin Bryce, who hosted the Queen in her last visit to Australia in 2011 and also of course thanks to Mark Trevorrow who as his wonderful alter ego Bob Down met the Queen after stealing the show at the 1995 Royal Variety performance and his spectacular rendition of Helen Reddy's I Will Survive. I'm Julian Morrow, thanks very much for listening. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.